Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Attention brokers, step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events. That is aimgroup.com backslash events. Welcome to Broker to Broker, uh, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, J.P. Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today I have my my good friend, uh, broker owner of JR Mortgage Group, Justin Rushlow, kind of. Nailed right? it. Yeah, Nailed it. Yeah, not whatever, but that's how it is. You know, we discussed <laughs> beforehand. How are you, man? You good? Man, just living the dream, you know, one day at a time. Nice, nice. Where um, where are you guys located? We're out of Wichita, Kansas, dead All center right. of the country. All right, nice. Wichita. I write this stuff down. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm an owner broker owner myself. I'm out here in Philly. Um, that's where Julian was. If you just saw him, that's where he's at as well. So obviously, totally different market. So how's the market out there right now? Man, the market's weird. You know, it seems like the market's weird everywhere you go. Right? We have. Yeah. You know, you've got buyers that are out of the market because the interest rates are too high. You've got sellers that don't want to list their houses because they don't want to trade their two and a half for a six and a half. Right. Um, Plus, and, they need houses to go buy. Uh, they need houses to go buy. But there's also uh, bidding wars in every single property that's happening out here. And um, uh-huh. it's a it's a weird cycle of of low inventory and less buyers. And obviously, that means less mortgages. So, um, it, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting start to the year. I think we're moving towards a less volatile year, which I'm, I'm very excited for, uh-huh. um, you know, pre-proven the pre-proven the folks at, you know, five and three quarters on Friday and then coming back in with a contract at six and a quarter on Monday is not um, not the yeah. most fun environment to traverse. But um, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. feel like it's it's becoming more balanced. There's no doubt about it. And I've done a, a bunch of these broker to brokers just this past year. And no matter where you you're at, it's basically the same thing, right? Like low inventory, mm-hmm. not trading this rate for that. It, it's the same thing wherever, you know, and that's, right. and that's what we'll talk a little bit about today. Uh, I want to get to know you a bit more, but same wherever you go, Philly. Oh yeah. This, it, it seems like it's all the same. And, but the past couple of days we've gotten some better pricing. So who knows where things there are going. There you go. Yeah. Who knows? This industry can change in a day, which is which is crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but want to get to know you a bit more. Um, I know you're a broker owner like myself, right? So when did you start a uh, JR Mortgage? Yeah, so I started JR Mortgage Group in December of 2020. Was when I nice. um, I left my retail joint. So I was at um, I was at a great company um, before mm-hmm. that. It taught me a lot about how to structure loans, how to put things together. Um, and just kind of get a general understanding of how the, you know, how the, the mortgage industry worked mm-hmm. and realized how much I was leaving on the table. Right? This was dead center of COVID. They were a very, very conservative company. They jacked all their minimum credit scores up to 680. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult to operate because my market's very, very heavy on government loans. Got it. Um, and I 
we compete a lot against a lot of banks and credit unions here in town. So I didn't necessarily have big pricing issue. It was mm -hmm. more of, I can't provide the loans to these guys. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I left, I left in December um, and started up JR mortgage group and we got operational March of 2021 and right on the wave of, of all the refinances, which was, uh, was a, a good buoy uh, yeah. to get things moving. To get things started. There's no doubt about it. So let's even take it back a little bit more, right? Because yeah. everyone's story is a bit different, but usually almost everybody's story is how they got into the mortgage industry. Sure. It's not like you went to school for that, right? I mean, certainly I, didn't. It takes me back. <laughs> what year did you yeah. get in? Why did you get in? How did you get in? I want to hear that. Man, I will tell you. I was I was sold a false bill of goods. That's how I got into the mortgage space. So I was in financial planning, and I was doing that for three or four years. Had the securities license. Was doing all that, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, was looking for something a little bit different because it just wasn't satisfying my. You know, I've got ADHD. I got to keep it moving. And financial yeah. planning is the land of the tortoises. So my brother-in-law was a lender. He was starting up a retail shop in Wichita and was like, Hey, this is great. You should come over and, you know, you should come over and do this. You know, this is going to be awesome. I'll pay you, you know, I'll pay you more than what you're doing there as a base. And then you'll make, you know, 110 basis points. It'll be, yep. it'll be great. You'll make a hundred grand first year. Easy. No, no worries. Mm -hmm. And jumped over there. And needless to say, my W2 did not have six figures on it. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a tough first year, but it got me introduced to it. And I, I fell in love with it right away just because of the hustle and the bustle of, you know, mm -hmm. constantly keeping it moving. Um, that branch ended up shut down really quickly because he had some he had some own personal issues that, that ended up um, causing that to fizzle out. But jumped over to the to the other spot. Um, and that's where I really got my really got my footing. And then, of course, transitioned into broker shortly after that. Mm -hmm. So I got started in in December of 2018 was nice. when I actually got my license. Um, and got rock and rolling, and um, yeah, it's so I guess that's uh, in year five now. Nice. I feel like it feels like I've been here for a decade at this point, but uh -huh. um, yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's been fun. We've all kind of had that kind of story someone get getting us in, and then like I said, listen, we're in the broker channel, right? We think it's the best spot, right? But it's it's really the big boy and big girl world, in my opinion, right? Oh, yeah. And like I started the bank, you know, went through a mm -hmm. couple of uh, retails and then eventually started my own. And you kind of need that to kind of cut your teeth and figure it out, you know? Sure. Um, uh, it, it just it just is what it is. So, yeah, yeah, I'm in it 12 years, you're five years. But, yeah, I mean, it just feels like we've been here for uh, forever, you know? Yeah. No doubt. And, and you know, getting an understanding of how the market works, too. Like, you know, we're bringing on some of the retail loan officers every once in a while. And you got to, you know, they're, you know, PenFed Credit Union is really big in our area. I don't know uh -huh. if they're big in your area. But um, they're, you know, obviously they're known for having, you know, they drop their pants down to the floor and, and get their rates super duper low. And, you know, some of our newer loan officers come in and like, oh, my gosh, how are they getting to we are? Rates are so far out of the market. It's like, no, look, guys, like you got to know where we are at in the market. Yeah. Right? We're still kind of the little guy. Right. Like if, if PenFed Credit Union says, hey, I'm giving money away to do loans now, like that, that just is what it is. So having, mm -hmm. you know, having an understanding and teaching these guys, hey, all right, this is this is how this looks. And kind of, you know, we're going to win 99 percent of the deals that come mm -hmm. across our plate just because that's that's how we're positioned. And we think brokers are better. Um, but, there's you know, sometimes these guys are going to flex a little bit and, and they can. Right. And yeah. sometimes they do. Yeah. yeah. How? So uh, I'm always curious about we do a lot of advisory and planning on our side wrapped around real estate, let's say. Right. Mm -hmm. So how mm -hmm. did the financial planning, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> job that you had, how did is that translating over to yeah, where you're it, at? Yeah, it certainly did. Now, not at first. Um, I, 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 I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get away from it right to begin with. I just I just didn't enjoy it. Um, but I, I learned how to speak like a financial planner 
and nobody in my area was targeting financial planners as referral sources. So, you know, I jumped in and started marketing to these guys and speaking to them in a way that um, mm. made sense, right? I could, I could speak their language. You know, I started to push products um, and loans that were not talked about very often, such as, you know, such as reverse mortgages, right? I, mm -hmm. I started talking about reverse mortgages and how to push those um, with my financial planning partners. Um, took a lot of education to be able to, to feel confident about speaking with that, but, you know, also looking at, Hey, how can we help your clients with, with commercial funding? How can we, how can we help your clients? How would be an end to end solution for mm -hmm. all of the clients that you work with? So you don't have to potentially worry about them going somewhere and referring them to 15 different places. So, yep, yep. um, and from uh, the planning side as well, or from the, from the mortgage side, from my perspective, right. We, we look at each client, you know, as, you know, um, you know, we're protecting their real estate asset. Right. It's a it's a line item on their balance sheet that we want to protect. Right. How can we structure your mortgage loan in a way that's going to make the most sense for you mm -hmm. um, both now and moving forward um, and working closely with their financial plan to ensure that they are in the right position? Right. Are we making the right choice? Is it better to do with 30 versus 15 or um, or you know whatever the structure may be? Mm -hmm to make it most efficient for them. Um, and then obviously bringing in the realtor on board, right? Bringing the insurance agent on board and, um, you know, getting that full real estate plan put together for them um, that we've seen a lot of success with, with growing, with growing that. And, you know, obviously utilizing the, the financial planning background to, yeah. to bring that in. I mean, I feel like everything's wrapped around real estate so much that, uh, and this is not not to, to to knock financial planners, but I feel like we're more the financial planner most of the time than them. You yeah, know, it, think about it. The title for it. Yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. I totally, I totally agree. I think you know the more the more you're in this space, and and the more you start talking to different echelons of people as well, you start to see that real estate does rule the world, right? And yeah. it just, some people just don't know, right? They just don't realize. And so, struck you know, if you put somebody in a bad mortgage, all right, it can it'll jack them up for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, it's really it's hard to get out debt. of. Yeah. It's all about smart debt. Like, so how, um, and this would be good for everyone out, out there in the community, right? We talk obviously a lot about going after real estate agents, blah, sure. blah, blah. But obviously another one of those big referral partners can be that financial advisor, financial mm -hmm. planner, right? What mm -hmm. is a good way to approach them? Cause that's different than a real yeah. estate agent. Like very much give us, like talk yeah. a little bit about yeah. that. So that you got to understand what their motivation is, right? If you're going to talk to a real estate agent, right? A lot of them are, you know, Hey, they're doing six to 12 transactions a year and mm -hmm. like they, they got to kill it and keep it moving. Um, whereas a financial planner, right? They're not there for the easy, quick kill. Mm -hmm. They are there to build a relationship with their client and, what I've noticed is they will, they would rather send a loan or a client to somebody with higher fees, higher rates, worse programs, because they trust that person and they know that they're going to get the job done and take care of their client mm. effectively. Um, they don't care. They don't care how low my rates are. They don't care how quickly I close. They care that I am going to take care of their client and I am going to also back up the financial planner with yep. whatever they are doing, right? Because I don't know. I'm not the planner for this particular guy, right? I don't know why he's got this much money in his 401k and this much money over here, right? It's not my job. And so me knowing my role inside that plan, mm. right? Because that's what the, you know, the, that's what the CFPs, you know, certified financial planners do, right? They're they're there to oversee the entirety of the plan. I am a small portion of that. And so being able to understand what his or her motivation is for that particular client um, has really helped me 
moving in the right direction, right? I don't go in and try and sell them alone right away, right? It's mm-hmm. how can I take care of you? How can I ensure that you are going to take care of your clients? Because when you put it, when you put your rubber stamp of approval on me and I jack something up, right? You don't just lose that transaction. You mm-hmm. lose that guy. You lose all of his AUM. You lose monthly income. You lose um, all of their referrals. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it causes a whole whirlwind of issues. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that yeah. that's it's so it's even more obviously it's a relationship based with a real estate agent, but with a financial sure. planner, it's even more. There's so much more at risk here. Right. Um, screw up everything, right? So absolutely so three minutes, knowing your role, you know, listening to the planner. Um, there's there's I, I hate to say, but there's egos involved. So you're kind of sure. stepping back, but like you're absolutely. a planner, I'm a piece. You tell me kind of what their plan is and I'll That's try fine. and wrap around. You got to, you got to know your role, right? Yeah. You have to know your role, right? Everybody, everybody in every industry thinks that they're the most important in some particular place, right? Yeah. Um, so being able to, you know, play nice with these guys and, and understand where your role is, is, you know, it works out, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, if you got to stroke their ego a little bit and make them, mm-hmm. make them feel good, then that's what you got to do. And it, it works out just fine. You know, as long as you have a general understanding um, of, of what their motivations are, right? Like they're mm-hmm. not here for a, you know, real estate agent's going to get a 3% clip on, you know, on a, on a $600,000 house, right? That's a great, mm-hmm. nice, big paycheck. Uh, but these financial planners, they don't make these big, nice fat paychecks usually. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's a, Hey, this is going to be a $2,000 a year client. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So play. they're yeah. there for that relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so would you say that financial planners, right? Obviously real estate agents, they're getting hit up constantly, right? Oh yeah. You say planners aren't as much. Is that like in your specific I area? Would, this is I would absolutely. Oh yeah. I would absolutely, I would absolutely say that's the case. A lot of the planners that I knew did not have um, planning or uh, uh, mortgage relationships mm-hmm. at all. That's um, a big piece. Like it, makes it sense. is mm-hmm. right. And I, you know, it, it's funny because especially in my area, um, you know, we're a, you know, we're a, we're a middle market area, right? My AMI here in town is like 70 some thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? We're not in a big bustling city. Most of people's net worths are tied up in their house. That's mm-hmm. just how it works. So going to talking to these financial planners, right? A lot of times what I see is, you know, if they're referring a mortgage. I said, Hey, just go talk to your bank, right? Wherever you bank, just go no talk idea. to them. Yep. Right? They just don't know. Right. So I go in and I have a conversation with them about, Hey, here's how I can help. Here's how I can help you. Right. I, I also understand, right, when we start, you know, diving deeper into it, you know, we'd start talking about reverses and we start talking about commercial and we start talking about all these other different things, right? It's like, you know, what, what happens if we take this illiquid asset that's listed on your balance sheet as a, you know, as just home equity, right? What do you, what do you plan on doing with that, right? You're just going to pass it on to your kids and it's just there as a, hey, great, right? Check mm-hmm. that box off. What if we can utilize that asset to help this client move forward financially, right? They've got, they've got this debt that they're paying off, right? You guys haven't necessarily considered, you know, consolidating, right? Maybe we can fund a long-term care policy. Maybe we can fund some of these, you know, life insurance cool. policies. Maybe we could fund some other things with this, with this asset that you have, if it's prudent and it makes sense for the client, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these guys, you know, obviously we want to do what's right for the client, but also financial planners, right? They have a fiduciary responsibility to their client that they sure. can't, you know, they can't put them into something that's going to make them money. Um, and, and not being the best benefit of the client. So nice, nice. That's um, cool. Yeah. So if, if you're an LO out there that, that says, Hey, you know, I think like, like Justin or like myself, more of an advisory type role. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's who you want to work with, right? What, like, where would you find these planners and how would you initiate that conversation? Cause it is different from a real sure. thing, right? Like what's a good way to kind of get in with them on the initial convo? Yeah. It's what do you say? 
You know, you guys, you know, that. you know, the best way that I found was, was getting a referral from a client. All right. Okay. So I would ask, um, you know, if I'm having a conversation, right. Like, Hey, do you have a financial planner? Nice. Yes. Do you like them? Yes. Great. Hey, I would love to meet with them. I work a lot with financial planners and, you know, um, you know, sounds like you've got, you know, you've got a good relationship. Would you mind introducing me to them in a, in a way that, you know, we can have a discussion mm-hmm. and then going into the conversation with the financial planner, right. It, it's, it's once again, you know, don't go in there trying to sell something, right. Mm-hmm. It's getting an understanding of what their book is, right. What, you know, who do you target, right. What's your, what does your book of business look like? Are you, are you working with um, young professionals, right. Cause that's going to change the way that I have a conversation with them. Yeah. If you're working, you know, if you're working with somebody, you know, folks that are mostly on the back nine of life, um, that's obviously going to change the conversation and it's going to change how you manipulate or, or not manipulate, but maneuver mm-hmm. through um, yeah. that conversation. Um, because it, you're not going to talk about reverse mortgages. If these guys are talking, you know, these guys are, um, you know, young professionals, right. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to talk about FHA loans. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're working with, you know, people in the back nine of life mm-hmm. or in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. So um, going into it and understanding um, that also you're not going to get a loan right away, mm-hmm. right? Those mm-hmm. are long-term relationships. Think mm-hmm. so. Think of how the financial planners work as well, right? They mm-hmm. do typically annual reviews, mm-hmm. right? So they're only going to test their client once a year, mm-hmm. typically, right? They're going to have marketing and they're going to have things that go sure. out, of course. Um, but maybe like the most that I've ever seen is going quarterly, right? Mm-hmm. So you're only going to get a limited amount of touch points with these guys, um, and, and making sure you keep them educated on what is happening in the mortgage space as well. Like these guys are always thirsty for knowledge. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we, we send out market commentary, right? We, you know, we're big, we're big fans of MBS highway and we're big fans of uh, mm-hmm. um, hammer Helmer. And so we utilize a lot of their information to help educate our financial planner partners on mm-hmm. what's happening in the market. Cause it is volatile right now. And they want to, they want to know and be able to answer that question to their client. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. I think this is going to really resonate with a lot of people out there. So thanks for sharing because um, it's just it's a different conversation. I really loved what you said. Like, it's not go go get a list of real estate agents like some people do. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. more, hey, maybe talk to your clients and get an introduction because then you can speak high quality to that financial planner. Like, hey, just want to let you know, we we really handle their uh, their, their, uh, all of their finances wrapped around real estate for the most part. Mm-hmm. Here's what's going on with their loan. Of course, if the client says it's cool and that could really spur better ideas for that planner. And now, now it's more of a team and that's absolutely, yeah, absolutely just high quality. That's cool. That's great. I think that's going to resonate uh, with a, with a ton of people. It's um, a great referral source. It's it's uh, one last thing on that. It is my favorite referral too. source. They're good they're, clients usually. They're, high, they're usually good credit. If you're going to financial uh-huh. planner, you typically got good credit. You typically have money saved. You're typically buying a higher priced house and you typically have good income and look at, right? So you're, you're targeting a higher quality client, right? It's going to mm-hmm. take longer to plant that seed for that client to get to you. Sure. Um, but when you do, I mean, they're, they're knock out of the park, easy peasy loans that you can, you can knock out all day, every day. Right. Cause they're following their financial planners advice. And they're trusting me <laughs> yep. right off the bat. Yeah. hundred percent. That's how I usually have speak spoken with my financial planners in that sense. And it, yep. like you said, it's a good client and they're just going to fall in line. Cause that's what, that's what their planners said to do. Cool. Yep. Nice. That's awesome. I'm glad we talked about that. Um, getting back uh, to you and your, your brokerage there. Could you tell yep. us a little bit about, Hey, how many employees you have? You've, you've been in this since 18 or right. Or no, 20. Yep. I'm sorry, 20. Yeah. So yeah, we opened in oh, 20. Yeah. yeah. So we started. So in 2021, I got operational March, 2021. I started with just me in a little closet. 
Um, yep. Like it seems like every every rover owner does. Uh-huh. And you know, I was slanging and banging uh, by myself. I quickly brought on some help because I was blessed with a big pipeline. So I brought on two processors almost right away um, after about a month or so. And then now at this point, um, we've expanded out from just regular mortgages. And we've also expanded into a lot of ancillary businesses as well okay. uh, to help diversify. And so between all the different things that we've got going on, we probably have about 20, 25 people that, that work for us in some capacity. Nice. Um, most of them work for the mortgage company. We've got a, we had a pretty big marketing team. Uh, we've got four folks on the marketing team that all they do is handle our social media and SEO, they handle everything on that front. They've been fantastic for us. Um, and then we got a lot of sales staff and um, a handful of other um, ancillary admin and all that good stuff. So nice. Um, yeah, nice. But, Could you share maybe one or two of these other like ancillary type businesses that, that yeah. kind of connect with, with yeah. the mortgage with you? Yeah. So we've done, you know, we, we're doing a couple of different things. You know, we, we've thought about how, you know, how can we go, how can we move downstream, right? We don't want to move upstream because it's difficult. I don't want to be a real estate agent. I don't want to drive. I don't want to, I'm also knowing that I'm cannibalizing my own business on the mortgage side if I go into the real estate. Correct. Right. So I'm moving downstream, right? Where am I sending business to? Where am I sending referrals out? How can I, you know, can I do it better? Right. Mm-hmm. So insurance, right? Property casualty insurance, right? Every single loan you do, you always need insurance every freaking time. Nope. Right. Yep. So I was tired of sending loan or, or sending deals to State Farm and Allstate and all these other places. So how can I start my own my own insurance brokerage? And that's exactly what we did. So mm-hmm. we started our own insurance brokerage. Um and you know, we we disclosed to every client, hey, this, you know, we sure. obviously the ABA, all that good stuff. Uh, but that's been fantastic, right? It's also a different way for us to diversify on the on the, on the broker owner side because it's a different stream of income, right? It's not yeah. a, it's not a quick kill one, you know, once right out of the gate. It's uh-huh. a relationship. Uh-huh. Um, we're also moving back into the wealth management space. Actually, funny enough, so we're moving into the wealth management space, uh, which is um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily downstream, but it's it's kind of tangent, you know, tangentially related to what we do. Nice. Um, and then we've also moved into the commercial lending space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, that was spurred on by clients, you know, obviously clients are buying investment properties and, you know, it doesn't make sense to do a Fannie or Freddie and hey, can you do, mm-hmm. can you do a fix and flip? Can you do a DSCR? So it, you know, it, it's filed mm-hmm. um, from there into um, a full-fledged commercial lending business. Nice. So, nice. That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to, and that's what I want to get into next of, you can't just be a one trick pony right now. You know, you can't Certainly. have all your yeah. eggs in one basket with, with mortgage and, like you said, because you're kind of like me, ADHD, you probably got to do some other shit where you're going to get bored. Right. So that's cool. And it's all wrapped around. Like we like we said from the beginning, everything's kind of wrapped around real estate anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why not, you know, be able to offer that to clients? Sure. And I don't want to say one stop shop, but kind of, you know, and it's, to a point you know, you're offering. Yeah, to a point. Right. Why not? It just makes you got to be you got to be super careful about not cannibalizing yourself. Right. That's right. the biggest thing that we've been um we've been looking at is, you know, if we want to expand into certain areas, right, is it going to destroy any of our other businesses? And if, if it is, we're probably not going to do it, right? right? Unless there's a really good reason to do so. But, you know, how can we still play with other people, right? Uh, like we moved into, we're moving into the wealth management space, even though I said we're working a lot with financial planners. It's because those guys don't compete directly, right? That's right. why we were okay with, with, with moving into that space. Um, and of course, on the commercial side, right? Like, banks banks can only do so much and we can still work with banks on the commercial lending side and make it make sense so we're very cognizant of that and it's allowed us to um you know grow and expand uh, a lot quicker and you know it's not it's you don't you know you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that it's not a good time in the mortgage space right like it's just not um so you know this was spurned by knowing 
hey, we've got to move in other directions, and um, it's it's grown well from there. Nice, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's really being like a true broker of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing. So that's cool, man. That's awesome. That's really cool. I do want to get back focus. Obviously, this is a mortgage podcast, so we'll focus a little bit yeah. more on that, right? But even we just talked about diversifying right there with different businesses, right? What I have here is you really diversified with other products, not the typical conventional Fannie sure. Freddie, yep. right? Like yeah. you, like I'm seeing here, the non-QM, maybe a DSCR. You talked about commercial as well, right? Why yeah. did you decide to make sure you focused on that a bit more? I mean, obviously, yeah. there's more of it, but talk a little bit about that, of how you decide to get into that more. You know, I've always been opportunistic. I've always wanted to see, I always wanted to fill the gaps in the marketplace that I could see a hole in, right? So in my market, right, why I transition over to brokers because there's no brokers in my area. Yeah. Right. So, hey, that's a gap to fill, right? It also makes sense from a variety of other reasons. So I fill that gap. Um, when I moved into, when I moved into the commercial space, it was, Hey, there's no commercial brokers here in town, mm. right? I've never even heard a commercial mortgage broker. Um, all I can think of are banks or this or that or the other thing. And of course, everybody sees the Scotsman's guide with stuff that comes out, right? But there's gotta be something better and something more. No right? doubt. So we started to get more questions about it and we started to fill that gap, um, and started to learn more about it and realize that there's a lot of opportunity for um, folks to grow their business and for us to help them grow their business more efficiently rather than going to XY bank down the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we filled that gap. Um, same thing on the non-QM side, right? When, when conventional loans weren't making as much sense and non-QM hadn't necessarily caught up in terms of rates, they were still fairly similar for a point mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. We moved into that space. And also, once again, we're the only folks in town that can do non-QM because we're right. the only brokers. Right. So we fill that gap when we start marketing it and we don't go to the, you know, to our agents and say, Hey, come talk to us. Cause we got the best rates. We got this. You know, every other mortgage person goes and talks to them about it. Hey, send us, send us the folks that have trouble getting approved somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. Send us the folks that go to their bank and they can't get approved because their tax returns show that they make $0. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But they got a shitload of money in the bank account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Send those guys to us. We'll knock that out of the park and then we'll win your other business too. Yeah. So uh, we moved into that space because it was an easy, natural fit, right? We teach all the loan officers too. Um, don't don't go find the path of least resistance when you're marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to go every single lender that goes and talks to real estate agents. I get the best rates. I got the best fees. I turned around fast. I've got the best communication, right? Like you're saying the same five things over and over and over because mm-hmm. everybody believes that they do, right? So cool. if I go and say, hey, I can work on, I can do products and programs that can't, you know, your other guys can't do. Um, and here's the examples of them. And here are the real estate agents that I have worked with that can tell as such. Mm-hmm. Um, use me for those. I don't need to use me for everything else. Right. But if we create a good relationship, right, let's let's look at some other things, too. So, yeah, um, you know, it's just being opportunistic and seeing where where you can fit in the marketplace, because at that point, you're not necessarily competing against other people. Right. You're you just got to uphold what you say you do mm-hmm. and you can play in well with the other loan officers as well. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, what I wrote down here on my paper is, is filling the gap. And that's what you're doing. Right. You know, yep. like you're, you're figuring out what is needed and then doing that, right? My law of, of marketing or really anything, in my opinion, is watch what everyone else is doing and then go the other way, <laughs> you right. know, exactly. you have to stand out. But look, you're filling the gap with what people actually need instead of just being, you know, a lazy LO, like you said, oh, we have good rates. We'll get it yeah. done. Blah, blah, there's, blah. 
You know? There's so much less resistance, right? It's like trying to do a, it's it's like trying to compete on pay-per-click against Rocket Mortgage, right? Like they've got a bigger bankroll, right? Why would you do that, right? Unless you're a glutton for punishment, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So go in a, go in a direction that's going to make more sense, and then at some point you can work your way back around to doing some of the quote unquote easier things. But maybe at some point you realize that hey, this is actually easier, and I can do it a little bit more efficiently. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm assuming you guys are pretty, I mean, the broker world, it is with all the tools that we have in terms of speed, efficiency and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Could you just talk a little bit about the mortgage side and like your tech stack and what you're using and how a loan flows through from initial lead to the end? Like what yeah. you're using? Yeah. So we've got a great team uh, we've built out um, that's been able to take care of a lot of that for us. So from a tech stack, we use Arrive, of course. So cool. If you're not using Arrive, do better. Uh-huh. Um, I won't talk smack with anybody else. But, um, yeah. but we use Arrive. Um, we use uh, we use Bonzo for our CRM. Cool. Um, we have we adopted that recently. Um, had a lot of issues with our CRM space. We finally got that dialed in and that's, everything's working really, really well. Um and and then from there we have uh, in terms of tech stack, I don't think we have too much it's more. Probably of it. It's all about simplicity now. Yeah, I mean, that's what Arrive gives Bonzo, right? Yeah, I mean we we're really big on making it simple, right? If it's too difficult, if it's too difficult for me to use, I'm not a big tech guy. Uh-huh. If it's too difficult for me to use, I don't expect any of my guys to use it, right? So let's keep uh-huh. it simple. Let's keep it easy, right? So when a loan flows in, like most of our business is all it's all referral for the most part. Um, yeah. it, it, it flows to me and, you know, we obviously, we have them fill out an apps and arrive and, um, we have LOAs that handle kind of document gathering. And, um, I go in and help facilitate the actual quote unquote sale of the loan, the okay. advisory structure. Um, and then once the loan is, is, is obviously green light or we get a contract or whatever it is, um, it moves straight into our, our processing queue. And we have a, we have a great um, third-party processor that handles, um, all of our, all of our stuff from, you know, from nuts to bolts all the way through the end. Um, nice. And so we don't necessarily, I, I don't ever have to really touch the loans, which makes my life easy. And I can focus on making sure the rest of the process is really, really smooth and make sure those right. relationships are good. Yeah. So you're still producing. I mean, that's a big mm-hmm. thing. You're a producing oh, yeah. broker owner, which is awesome. Yep. Right. So one thing that we always get in this situation is same with me is, all right, we sold the deal. We formed a relationship, got it in. Now you have this whole piece where you're not really touching it again. Right. Sure. What yeah. are you doing to make sure that client still knows you're there? Yeah. So, you know, we have um, in our Bonzo, right, we have things that are going out every time a queue or every time a loan jumps to a different queue. Uh-huh. So, and they're seeing my face, right? I'm always the main point of communication. Yep, yep. My LOA is also, you know, it's always, hey, I'm Justin's assistant, right? Like my name is always including whatever it is. And, um, you know, we, you know, obviously we close on so fast on the broker side that, you know, it, we could close loan in two weeks or 10 days. And, um, you know, they may, they may be heard from me once or twice, but that's still, you know, three, four, five, you know, days, mm-hmm. you know, between, between chatting. So, um, you know, we have, we're, we're blessed to also have really good relationships with our referral partners as well. So, um, they know that even though they don't, if they don't necessarily hear from me for three, four, five days, um, we're still cranking we're and we don't miss the closings and we're, we're, we're good. Right. But, nice. um, we, we create, you know, text chat or, or, uh, um, um, Group messages, right? Yep. My LOAs do. We always create group messages with all of our clients. So we're both on there and then the client. And so everybody's in the loop. And, and even if I'm not responding, right, my name's still on there. Still so they can still feel like they're working with us. All right, nice. I know that's a big question for a lot of people to get out of their own way. Because at some mm-hmm. point, if you're going to grow, like you said, you started a one-man shop, same as me. It's tough to delegate. It's tough to grow, oh, yeah. right? It's tough oh, to yeah. scale. So you got to get out of your way Some at some point. But like you said, the little subliminal, like you're always on everything. You're right there. They they know they can call you whenever. 
absolutely makes them feel good i know that's a big thing with a lot of people so i'm glad you shared that as well yeah i'm um, a big control freak so i, I was very it took me a long yeah. time to get to that point uh, and you know most big you know most big loan officers are you know real big control freaks make sure their yeah. process is perfect um and you know it, it took me a while to find the right people and that's really the biggest thing right? it's finding the right person that can plug into your system and understand how you talk and operate so yep. they still feel like they're getting that um yep. that that relationship with you Yep. And then let them go and let them do their job. That's the, yep. that's the tough part with your control freak. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Get it. Oh, yeah. Now we got, uh, we just, we talked for a lot here. We got about 10 minutes left. Right. So I always ask two questions at the end um, that can really help out the community. Mm -hmm. um, if you were a brand new loan officer right now, right. And it's always a changing market or you're trying to reinvent yourself as a loan officer, right. What's mm -hmm. one or two things that you could tell that person where to start, what to do. Yeah, I, I'd say the, the the two biggest things that I would I would say are um, be patient, be persistent, right? Don't don't let's let's not expect to you know to get business right away, right? Mm -hmm. Plant those seeds. That's how I started. You know how I started my business was I planted and watered seeds for a long time. It took me a long time to get loans moving. You know, six or eight months. I closed my first loan after like three months, mm -hmm. um, but it took me you know eight months to get two loans in a month. Mm -hmm. So um, be be persistent in your marketing um, and, and be patient with the folks that you work with. Right. Cause mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're asking people to trust their paychecks with you. Right. Um, so also, you know, move towards the path of least resistance. Like we talked about earlier, right. Go and target the folks or target the areas that need help um, a, because they need help, right. There are folks out there that are self-employed that don't mm -hmm. know that they can buy a house Right. And so they're either going to be renting or they're going to save up cash to buy that house. Right. Mm -hmm. Fill that gap and help those people and help your partners understand and educate them on what those products look like so that they can be more efficient and they can get paid as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So find those areas and then work your way back into the easy stuff. Right. Especially for those guys that are reinventing themselves. Right. Find that find that place where. Um, where you can fill those opportunities up. And then if you, if you work your way back into those easy peasy conventional FHA VA files, great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but you know, brand yourself as somebody that can handle the hard files and the easy files will then come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think that's going to help a lot of people. A lot of people are, they have to reinvent themselves right now. Right. Mm -hmm. because it has changed. A lot of people have been in the industry for a while. And I mean, I, I work with aim on the next generation yeah. So this newer type of loan officer, we do need at some point to come into our industry. So that's, that's really going to help. Yeah. We need some younger blood is all I'm saying. Sometimes. Need some young blood. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's the land of the dinosaurs out here. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Uh, last question. So where do, what's your opinion on where do you see either the real estate market, the mortgage market in the next three to five years? Where do you see oh. it going? Oh who gosh. Knows? It's, who, knows? Who, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. Cool. Look, um, Three to five years, you know, I think that we need to get ahead of the technology curve, right? It's it's inevitable that our industry is going to start getting taken over more and more and more by technology, mm -hmm. whether it's whether it's AI, whether it's something crypto related, whether it's, you know, whatever it may be, we're going to be moving in the direction of technology. So how can we as um, as the nimble broker owners, right, and the nimble brokers that are out there get ahead of that curve and start to implement those things into our businesses to not necessarily avoid it because I don't think we're going to be able to avoid it, but mm -hmm. how can we make sure we're on the front curve uh, or, or the front of that curve? Um, so 
I, I think that we're going to start to see less loan officers. I think we're going to start to see already bit, seeing it. Maybe yeah. a little bit less, you know, less margin, right, to be made because uh -huh. loans are going to get easier to get done, right? We've already seen that with, you know, Fannie and Freddie trying to, you know, slowly push appraisers out, slowly start to push title insurance out, uh -huh. right? Slowly start to push all these other things. It's going to make it cheaper, easier, uh, and and faster to get loans done. Um, so how can we make sure that we're still being a valuable asset to our clients as a mortgage loan officer um, mm -hmm. in the next, you know, I don't even think it's going to take three or five years to get there. I think it may even happen in two years. Mm -hmm. um, how can we make sure we're ahead of that? Um, and, and it goes back to, right, can you be an advisor to your client, right? Yep. You know, we're not just here to do their loan and, you know, move it on down the road. How can we make sure that we're structuring them and adding value um, to these guys, not just now, but three, four, five, you know, 10 years down the line? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Wholeheartedly agree. That's why we were really talking a lot on that mm -hmm. advisory piece, because as things get easier, you can't just push rate. You can't just push. I'm going to get it done quick. You got to have something else. So you got to yep. fine tune that, that craft. And uh, and like you said, we'll end it with this. Fill the gap. That's what you got to do. What you got to do. Oh, man. Yo, I appreciate it, Justin. It was good talking to you. Of course, if you need anything, hit me up. But I wish yep. you best of luck. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Really, really had a good time doing this. So I appreciate it and look forward to the next one. Cool, man. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Attention brokers, step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events. That is aimgroup.com backslash events.